So my name is Imari Rodisha. Is this on? Uh, and I'm from the West. I'm from the West. Uh, and today I'm going to be talking about courageous zeal. And to me, uh, courageous zeal is basically the same thing as just regular zeal. Because zeal to me is just having just a fired up, 100% doing whatever God wants me to do heart. And just adding courage to that just makes it even more potent, more powerful, more able to do what you need to do for God. And uh, uh, for scripture, I'm going to read Numbers 25. Can you turn there for me, please? And give me an amen when you get there. So I'm going to be reading the story of Phineas. While Israel was staying in Shittim, the men began to indulge in sexual immorality with Moabite women, who invited them to, the sacrifice, to sacrifices to their gods. The people ate and bowed down before these gods. So Israel joined in worshiping the Baal of Peor, and the Lord's anger burned against them. The Lord said to Moses, Take all the leaders of these people, kill them and expose them in broad daylight before the Lord, so that the Lord's fierce anger may turn away from Israel. So Moses said to Israel's judges, Each of you must put to death those of your men who have joined in worshiping the Baal of Peor. Then an Israelite man brought to his family a Midianite woman right before the eyes of Moses and the whole assembly of Israel, while they were weeping at the entrance to the tent of meeting. When Phinehas, son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron the priest, saw this, he left the assembly, took a spear in his hand, and followed the Israelite into the tent. He drove the spear through both of them, through both the Israelite and into the woman's body. Then the plague against the Israelites was stopped. But those who died in the plague numbered 24,000. Alright, so basically Phineas in this story is talking about, I mean, is just, the story is talking about how um, the men of Israel were just going and uh, having sex with Moabite Midianite women. And like God calls us not to do that. That's like common knowledge to most of us now. But they were, they were, they were, they weren't listening basically. So God told Moses to, God told Moses handle that. Like go talk to your people, let them know that that's not right and that they need to take care of all the people who have indulged in sexual immorality. So as Moses is talking, like I'm talking to you guys as the assembly, a man just goes, takes a Midianite woman and leaves and goes back to his tent. And Phineas was like, no, that is not right. He was burning with zeal for the Lord. He went back to his tent, got his spear, and stabbed both of them. He, like, I don't even, like, that's just ridiculous to think of right now. Like, it's just, I mean, it's just awesome, basically. That, like, he was just so disgusted by their sin that he was willing to just do that. And, um... It says, like the very next sentence, then the plague against the Israelites was stopped. God gets fired up when we have zeal. God will bless us immensely when we have zeal. God had killed 24,000 people, but all it took was one man to do this one incredibly zealous thing, and it was all over. Basically, the assembly was afraid. They were afraid to do something. They were afraid. What is my friend going to think if I'm not doing what they're doing? If I'm not going with all these other women? Like, even though it says not to, even though God says not to do that, I mean, everybody else is doing it. It's okay. They were being lazy. They were like, oh, I know that's wrong, but I mean, that's not my job. I don't have to handle that. That's Moses' job. I'll tell I'll let Moses handle it. 
They were just, and so they were just even, they had done that for so long that they just stopped feeling anything. They were like, oh, it's normal. Sin is normal. To go against what God says is normal. It's okay. It doesn't even affect me anymore. Like them as an assembly was just in a terrible place. Like what are some things that we in our lives have gotten numb to? Have been like, oh, it's not that big a deal. Like I know for me, it's like missing a quiet time. Oh, it's not that big a deal. Oh, I miss a quiet time. I'll have it tomorrow. Oh, I miss it again. I'll have it tomorrow. But no, that's not the kind of heart God wants us to have. God wants us to have a zealous heart after Him every single day. He wants us in our Bible and praying to Him. He wants to have a relationship with us. So in my life, I got baptized December three years ago. So I'm about like two and a half right now. So I had gotten baptized. I was fired up. I had that Phineas zeal for about two and a half, three months. I was at school. I was inviting people. I was inviting them to church, telling them to come to church. Oh, yeah, I'm a disciple. I just got baptized. Like, I was just talking about God, like, all the time. But then, as, as like, time went on, like, I, the year ended, I think, and, like, I was just not hanging around. I was just not hanging around with them. And then my sophomore year came, and, like, sophomore year, that's when all the parties start. So I got invited to a lot of parties, and I would go. But I wouldn't do anything. So I was rationalizing it in myself, saying, oh, it's not that big a deal. I'm just here. Like, basically, me being there was condoning the sin that they were a part of. And me not saying anything and me not doing it, I was saying it's okay for them to sin, to drink and do drugs and just be sexually immoral. That, I was condoning that. Like, as a disciple, I was condoning that. It's, it's just messed up. So, basically, summer going into my junior year, so last year, I went to teen camp. It was Defiance, the shirt I'm wearing right now. It was probably the most impactful week of my life. I was just fired up. It was probably the equivalent of seeing somebody go, like, stab two sinners. Like, I was just fired up for God. I was fired up. I was like, if he can do that, I can do anything. So I went back to school, and I was like, I told all my friends, I'm not partying anymore. That's not me. That's not what I do. I stopped talking about girls. I stopped doing all that stuff. And I lost a lot of friends. Like, I mean, I'm still friends with them. I wouldn't call them friends, actually. They're like acquaintances now. Like, I just see them. I say hi to them. I hang out with them at school. That's the extent of our relationship. And they're like, what's up with you, man? What, What happened? I'm like... I change, I deepen my convictions. Like, they're like, what's a conviction? Who's Jesus? I'm like, I try to explain it to them. I invite them out to church, but I've invited every single person, like, that I've hung out with to church, but none of them have come. And that reminds me a lot of my mom. Uh, a lot of you uh, may not know her. She's in the West. Um, she is a disciple, but my dad isn't a disciple. So, um, Basically, what happened is she got baptized, and she invited my dad out to church, and he wasn't willing. And it was her and her sister and my uncle. They were the three disciples in my family, and out of their siblings, there are about ten siblings. They're the only three disciples. And they had invited all of their uh, cousins and brothers and sisters to church, but none of them were open. But they had the courage to continue asking. They kept asking, and um, and um, so this past last year, 
they um, were able, they asked my aunt, they invited her to Women's Day, I think is what it's called. They invited her to Women's Day last year. She went and she started studying the Bible and she got baptized. And so she's been baptized for almost a year now. And I mean, it's one, it's just so encouraging to just see my mom just work and just have that courage to just keep asking. Like, it's hard. I, it's hard. I mean, I know what she goes through. She, my mom is just such a fighter. She's so zealous for God. She's just, she just keeps asking. <laughs> Even though they say no, she doesn't get discouraged. She just, she knows that God will bring them out. She will soften their heart and that they'll come out. And basically that's just encouraging to me to just see the zeal that she has and the seal. And just see like an immediate blessing in my aunt getting baptized and just having salvation. I mean, it's just one person at a time. I mean, I have faith that everybody in my family will become a disciple based on like the faith that my aunts and my uncle and I have. Like basically, they're setting an example for me. None of my cousins are disciples and they're just setting me the best example possible. And I I need to get after that. And... um, Basically, to close, I want to read Proverbs 27.5. It says, Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Alright, so this scripture to me means, like, when you see sin, like, the, like Phineas saw, that you don't just react like the rest of the assembly. That you don't just sit there and you're like, oh, that's not my job, it's okay. I don't want him to think differently of me. I want to still hang out with that guy or that girl on the weekends. Like when I'm not at school, I want to be able to hang out with them. I don't want to be all spiritual all the time. I want to have fun. That's not my job. That's the teen leader's job. That's my marriage leader's job. That's my D group leader's job. That's not my job. But I want to say that it is our job. That is the job that God gave us. He wants us to get after it. I want, to just, I want you guys to all imagine, if we were a church full of people who had the zeal like Phineas, we wouldn't even fit in this building. We would just be overflowing with disciples after, who are just completely after God. We wouldn't accept people not growing. That's not something we would... We would just need more and more and more and more and more and more. We just want to be filled with God all the time and just surround ourselves with God. To God be the glory. Amen. What's up, guys? Um, All right. Uh, My name is Sam Newman. Um, I'm in the West part of this church, Coach LA. It's confusing. <laughs> um, I just want to say, like, I'm so proud of our team ministry, guys. Uh, this summer, we've really been focusing on having a productive summer and just really growing in God and, and uh, growing in our relationship with Him. And I definitely think our team ministry has done a great job in doing that. Um, Amari talked about courageous zeal. Um, and he, did, he did an awesome job. I'm going to talk about uh, courageous repentance. Um, I know. Uh, <laughs> okay, repentance to me. Repentance, it's a difficult action for me. Um, as a teen, 
uh, when I sin, I can get really embarrassed. I want to I wanna close up my sin. I want to hide it. I don't want to tell anybody. I want to keep it to myself and only I know. But when I think about repentance, I think about how much you need that courage. You need that courage to be able to look at yourself honestly, be able to open up to others and God, and then be able to do whatever it takes to change that sin in your life. Um, The definition of courageous is not deterred by danger or pain, brave. And when I think of a man who is like, as an example of courageous repentance, uh, most relatable to courageous repentance, I think of David. And that's who we're going to look at. Um, Can we open our Bibles to Psalms 51? So David, awesome man of God, he's a warrior, blessed by God all over the place, slayed Goliath as a small dude. Just, he's a warrior of God. Um, But he he still did stumble. He had a sin in his life. But David knew how to deal with it. And we're going to look at how he dealt with it. Um, so with David, uh, one day he was just chilling. Uh, he sees this, this woman bathing and he lusts after her. And then he sleeps with her and he sins. Uh, after that, she becomes pregnant and he, gets, he freaks out. Um, so what he tries to do, her husband is in Bathsheba, her husband is in war. And what he tries to do is he tries to get her husband drunk and then sleep with her so that he can think the child is his. But that just completely fails. And, um, so he, he sets him up for death. He kills Bathsheba's husband. Um, later on, uh, God sends, uh, um, Nathan to rebuke David. Um, and David knew what he did was wrong. And this is his, his response uh, to sin, his sin. Psalms 51, verse 1. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions. Wash, him, wash away my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done done what is evil in your sight so you are right in your verdict and justify when you judge um sorry uh in this passage david he's just completely humble he acknowledges his sin before god uh me personally as a a kid um i'll still a kid but like younger kid Whenever I get in trouble with my parents, my, my reaction was, what did I do? What did I do wrong? Um, like, I'd beat up my brother, he'd be crying, and then I'd be like, what did I do? <laughs> um, so for me, just repentance and taking responsibility is really hard. But I see David, and he was like, God, I sinned. I know what I did was wrong, and now I'm ready to accept the consequences of my sin. Um, not too long ago, uh, I disobeyed my dad. Uh, we have this rule on what time I have to be home at night because I'm, you know, hanging out with the teens. Uh, and just, uh, I have a history of not coming home when he tells me to. Um, I know, I'm bad. Um, and this time it, he was just done. He had been really lenient with it. He had, you know, Sam, you, you got to listen to me. But this time he was... He's done with it, and he confronted me. And when it's time for me to confront my sin, I had two choices. I could have had my, what did I do attitude? What did I do wrong? 
Um, I had no way of justifying what I did. I knew what I did was wrong, and I couldn't tell myself any anything else. Um, or I could have just been like, I, Dad, I sinned. I'm, give me the consequences. I'm ready. And that's what we need to be like with our sin. So acknowledge the sin openly before God and man. Second point, be willing to make the sacrifice needed to repent. Uh, can you open up your Bibles to Second Samuel uh, 24? So here is another incident with David. Um, he, he, he's starting to feel good about himself, so he decides to, to count his men in his army. Um, he, he didn't do this because God told him to. He did this so he can feel the power of, of men. How much power did I have? How big am I? Um, that's what he wanted to feel. He wanted to get that, that uh, pleasure of how much power he had. And... You know, he, had, he did not trust in God. Um, so David accepted the consequences of his sin. And uh, when he was going to get right with God, um, he was, he was going to buy this land uh, to make an altar and sacrifice to God to get right with him. Um, and he was offered the land for free. The guy was just like, you can take it. Um, this was David's response to it in uh, verse 24 of Second Samuel, Second Samuel 24, 24. Um, but the king replied to Arana, "No, I insist on paying you for it. I will not sacrifice to my Lord, my God, burnt offerings that di- that cost me nothing." So David bought the threshing, fo- threshing floor, uh, the oxen, and paid fifty shekels of silver for them. We see here David was offered. He could have taken the easy route. He could have got right with God without sacrificing anything. It would have, it would have been so easy for him. But David's like, no, I have to be able. To, I have to feel something. I have to, it hurts to sacrifice. I have to do what I have to. I need to do what I need to do to get right with God. And that's what he did. Um, to relate, I relate this to me. Uh, my freshman year. Um, I was baptized in eighth grade. Uh, I was 13. Um, going into high school, I was scared. I was intimidated. Um, yes, I was tall, but I didn't really have any courage. Um, I had some older disciples in my life. I had Cody and Roddy. They were seniors that year. I had Leal. But I was still scared. So with that, I, I just I tried to please the world. I tried to get acceptance from the world. Um, as a disciple, I'd rather hang out with my friends from the world who had fun getting high and going to parties and talking about the dumbest stuff you've ever heard instead of hanging out with people who actually would help me grow to God. It came to the point where my friends from school were my brothers and the people from uh, church were just acquaintances. The ending of the summer, I don't really remember what it was, but something hit me, and I was like, I'm not living my life for God. I call myself a disciple, but I'm far from it. So I had the choice. I could look at my sin and keep on going, or I could do what I needed to do to change it. Um, with that, I knew I had to sacrifice a lot of friends I had at school. Uh, that meant I wouldn't be hanging out with most of my soccer team. That meant I wouldn't be able to talk about things I used to. That meant I would have to set an example for the kids at school. With that, I, have, I had to sacrifice, and it did hurt. 
Sacrifice is not easy, but you have to do what you need to do to get right with God. So I just want to leave you guys with some questions to like help you think about your repentance. And are you repenting courageously? Are we looking at our sin, taking responsibility for it, and getting open about it, and doing what we need to do to change it? Or are we just letting it sit there, grow, haunt us, get bigger? How many of us are holding on to stuff we know we need to get rid of to get right with God, but we still, it's still with us? Do we courageously take our sin, put it before God, and trust Him to forgive us? You know, as a, as a teen, um, it can be very hard to repent, especially with all the, the temptations in high school and stuff that hits us. But if us as teens are able to repent courageously, I think so should the church. And that's what I want to leave you guys with. Amen.